thoughts, ideas, people, caravan maintenance, trundle beds. What's that plastic thing doing down there? Shut up, Renee. Quiche. Niche. Niche's quiche. Are you full of phlegm? Are you full of phlegm? Is everyone sick? It feels like everyone's got snot coming out of their eyeballs, their ear holes, and their mouth neck and their mouth necks. Um, oh my god! So my my daughter's eardrums—not eardrums burst, but she got an ear infection and pus came out of her ear. Welcome, episode six. Everyone's covered in snot. I don't. Know, everyone I know is ill. I don't have COVID. I've not. I've not had COVID yet at all. I am Novid. Um, and then everyone's an expert on COVID. Like, oh, you've had it. You just didn't know. I would have known. I'm pretty sure. Um, and I know there's meant to be symptomless uh, COVID, but I we rat test like rats in this house um, because uh, my partner works in the film industry and they have to show rats all the time. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Are you, st- are you sick of the snot? You sick of the snot? Also, I co-sleep. We co-sleep. I mean, not my partner and I. We don't sleep together at all. Um, But Luna, my daughter, Luna. Sorry. Sorry, big cough just then. So my daughter and I are co-sleepers. Co-sleepers. Anyway, so um, we're still hippies like that. And it's fine. I've just got different thoughts on how... um, I don't know. It's a a very Western thing. Like, put him in the cot. Cry it out. Um, anyway, this is going to cause a lot of problems with all sorts of people, but, uh, some people get upset about this. We don't do that. Um, I guess it's because I come from a zoological background and when, you know, I look at a, an orangutan and a baby one, they don't put it in the other tree and go to bed in the other tree. You're like, oh, let's let the orangutan cry it out in there because there's fucking jaguars around. Anyway, so I guess, and I know that we've evolved beyond that, but anyway, so I still occasionally sleep with Luna and we've just been sharing snot. So it's just constantly this, uh phlegm back and forward breathing in each other's faces reinfecting each other it's disgusting it's just the the saliva is so thick in me it's it's, it's almost like i'm just walking around constantly with a dinner in my mouth does that make sense it's what an awful thought that's um that's just a romantic thing i used to sing to my wife actually it was dinner in the mouth why don't we go and put some dinner in our mouth um anyway i i hope you guys are good and doing better than uh, our family and snot. Ooh, what was that? Um, yeah, I hope you guys are doing good because it's uh, yeah. Gosh, it's um, it's a bloody it's a pizza pie. It's a pizza pie in my mouth. A whole snotty. Um, anyway, I hope you guys are good. So there has been some downtime. There's been I have had uh, study going on um, and essays due, but I've been doing them and uh, also just a bit of Netflix time. Bit of um, you know just sitting back and trying to make yourself feel better and sweating it out and stuff like that. So, uh, and I watched a great movie, um, really, um, really ne- like really down, like quite depressing film. It's called the good nurse. And it's about this guy in the 1990s who was a proper nurse, uh, in the States, went to various hospitals and he was just, they're saying between, he definitely killed 29 people, but between 29 and 400. So this guy, and he was, he was murdering them. I'm sure some of them were mercy kills, like, uh, uh, I guess, like euthanasia, like, you know, the angel of mercy or whatever it is. And, and by the way, put your politics aside for this one because it's wrong what he's doing. But euthanasia in general, I think, is potentially a, um, 
is a positive thing, having, you know, your own choice. But, you know, whatever. This is not what this podcast is for. It's not for big issues. I pitched a whole uh, a whole TV series about euthanasia, which is like Fantasy Island, but it was about um, having, like, really, really joyous life experiences before you have to die. Um, kind of like um, cash incentive euthanasia. So kind of like cashing in your superannuation and going off to a party island. Anyway, it's a really great idea. Don't nick it, anybody, because it's a pitch that's already out there, and you will get sued. Um, anyway, so this guy, he was going around, he was a nurse, and he was just like, he was just killing people. So he was stabbing bags of, what's the water that sits in the hook uh, above the bed? The IV drip, is that what it is? And then he would stab it with insulin and pump it full of insulin, and then people would die of a sugar high, I think, is basically what happened. But um, wow, the, the amazing thing, it was Eddie Redmayne, who um, I've never really rated, because he... I know he won an Oscar for, uh, what was the, the film? The Stephen Hawking film. I don't know, I don't know, like, I don't know about rewarding that kind of behaviour. And I know that Tropic Thunder did a whole bit about that. Um, but yeah, I, I, don't, I, I wonder about, uh, you know, I've seen better acting than, yeah, him portraying Stephen Hawking. Does that make sense? Is that, I hope that's not offensive. Uh-oh. It's the bloody, it's the, it's the intellectually, um... Impaired police. Anyway, so, and I'm on your side, so I'm just saying, I, I have a problem with that type of stuff. But, um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, with casting at the moment, whether you, you, like, if you're, uh, if you're playing a gay character, you should be gay, and I understand that. I played a gay character on Squinters, um, and no one, no one tried to get me for that, but I guess they can in retrospect now, but, yeah, I, I understand that kind of thing, but, yeah, it's just like, at what point does it get to? Because if you are playing, like, someone who's as intellectually... Well, not, sorry, physically impaired as Stephen Hawking, you, I mean, do you get someone who is physically impaired to play that person? Um, and how, Anyway, look, it's a, it, it, this is a minefield that I'm wandering into. What am I talking about here? Yes, his performance in this movie was very good, though. Ama- in fact, amazing, him playing this murdering nurse. The murder... That's what it should have been called, the murder nurse. Because the good nurse... It made me think about The Good Wife, which was a TV series I had no interest in watching. Um, the Murder Nurse, I'm watching that. Anyway, so very good film. Now, speaking of uh, Hollywood as well, I was at Broadway Shopping Centre, which is just a generic shopping centre in um, inner Sydney, uh, Australia, and I, out of nowhere, just sort of t- turned a corner. I was like, oh my God, that's Michael Sheen. Now, Michael Sheen is... Um, he played the really camp, funny, like over-the-top camp performance of a vampire in the Twilight series, which I watched. Yeah, it was fine. Um, and also Frost vs. Nixon. He's done heaps of stuff. But he he looked at me in the similar way that I looked at him of like recognition. And I was thinking, and for a minute there, and then I looked at his wife, and his wife looked at me like, don't you look at my husband. She had a glare on her face like, don't you bloody come and ask for an autograph, which I wouldn't do anyway. But... You know, because they had their kids there as well. and But I had my kid there too. We're at the front of the Lego shop. Anyway, it was a weird scene because he looked at me like he recognised me and I looked at him like he recognised me. And, you know, I know there's a very minute chance that Michael Sheen, the Hollywood superstar, would recognise who I am. But he is British and the British love TV. And the British particularly love... I've had many British celebs come up to me and talk about um, watching uh, Cats of Countdown. That's a huge show all over the UK. Absolutely huge. And, uh, you know, I've been on it, you know, nearly 10 times. So I do have people stopping me from, especially people from the UK all the time. And like I said, I mean, even Denny Hines, this is getting ridiculous now, but even Denny Hines, who I've never met before, stopped me in the street and said, I, I love you on Cat's Countdown. So I was thinking to myself, I'm looking at Michael Sheen going, 
I know you. And he was looking at me like, I know you. But then I felt weird about his wife looking at me weirdly. So I looked down so I didn't want to engage with Michael Sheen anymore. But I would have liked to because I really like him. Anyway, maybe I'm just right up my own ass and he was not looking at me like that. But I reckon he was. Anyway, if you are working at the Opera House, um, maybe you can say to Michael Sheen, did you see a guy that you thought was for the guy from Cat's Does Countdown? Um out the front of the Lego shop. He talked to my daughter and I had an in there to talk, but then I felt weird because the wife looked angry. Anyway, um, that's, that, that, was my, that was my Sunday afternoon. Which is, yeah, it's, it's, it's not often you get to see uh, bloody big-time celebs like that. at Bro- He didn't belong there, which is a weird, another weird thing I could have said to him, like, you don't belong here, which was not not a very friendly thing to say to someone when they're just enjoying their Sunday with their family. Hey, get out of here. You don't, you don't, belong, you, you don't belong in a shopping centre in Sydney. Your head does not belong here. Anyway, um, all right, let's just have a little look. What else has been going on? Um, no, just not. Oh, I did see a, a lady wearing a, uh, a, a whole cockatiel in a backpack the other day, just walking. I'm not joking. She was walking out of Officeworks, uh, a lady with a cockatiel in a backpack. So it was a see-through backpack. Because I was like, oh, that's a weird backpack. And I looked at her and, um, and then I looked in the back of the backpack and there was, there's a whole cockatiel in there with like a little ladder and stuff for it to do and... And all I could think to myself was, that poor fucking bird, um, you poor thing. I mean, I know that it, it would have freedom outside of the backpack, but there's no, I mean, I'm, convince me here. There's no way that, that that backpack is enriching enough for a cockatiel to like, say, hey, in you go, Ian, get in, in the backpack, we're off to office works. And what state of your mental well-being as the... And I know there's like therapy pets and all this type of stuff, but at what state of your mental well-being are you walking around with a cockatiel in a backpack just thinking, oh, yeah, this is good. I feel better. The bird feels better. Nah. Anyway, um, so if you do have a cockatiel... And and also, if you're a person who has a rat on a shoulder, what the fuck's going on there as well? Like, I am judging you. And I know that there... It wouldn't come as a surprise to me that I would have fans out there that have a ferret on a string or a rat on their shoulder hang on a minute i'm gonna cough yeah look if you are if you are a person who does have a um also a cat on a leash there's there's definitely things going wrong there as well this is not this is not right behavior like you know even a, i mean i know a dog on a leash is not so good you know because you're yanking on their neck and stuff like that but then you get those leads that go across their chest like little um stirrups for a gay man who's into leather um if that's what your dog's into I'm not saying that in that way, by the way, if you're thinking about, you know, that you're sodomizing your dog. But anyway, is sodomy a word I can say anymore? I don't even know what is allowed. Anyway, speaking of what isn't allowed, it's uh, me selling images on T-shirts that are not licensed, which is exactly what I'm going to do here. So, um, here we go. This is for people um, who are watching, okay? Because you can watch, sometimes you can watch the podcast if I chop it up. This is, I mentioned this last week. So, this is an image of... Uh, a childhood hero of mine, John Hamblin. Um, you'd know the face. If you know the face, you know the face. He passed away recently. Genius uh, person. He was a host of Play School in Australia for years and just amazing. And I got this printed up when I was in Vietnam a couple of years ago. It says kindness. So I'm going to auction it off. Highest bidder wins. I know it's not going to be much money. I'm going to auction it off. I'm going to give the money to the Silly Billy website designer and my co-collaborator, Jazz Lynch, because I paid her some money to do all this work with me for this charity and organisation, um, but I'm not made of money. So I'm going to auction it off. Here's another one. This one's bloody good. Here we go. Look, 
This uh, says uh, Blue Costello. So Blue Costello, which is a classic cheese. I think you can get it all over the planet. Blue Costello plus cracked pepper Vita wheats, explicitly these two together, equals happiness. And there you go. Again, that's a picture of Joanna Griggs uh, with a ridiculous, uh, ridiculously large smile. That's a smile that says, I, I don't want to be here on this shoot right now. But um, it will elicit that bigger smile in you, that combination. And finally, so you, you'll be able to, um, I'll set up somehow, we can auction this off. It'll be a blind auction, by the way, which is a fair auction. So basically, you'll, um, you'll email in at samnichesquiche at gmail.com, samnichesquiche at gmail.com with your bidding price. And uh, the winning one will be the highest. That's just the way it works. That's a blind auction. So you don't see someone else doing their bidding. You'll just put in your highest price. By the way, these are both large. Nice cotton as well. So I've got these made at Uniqlo um, in Vietnam. So they're really, really nice. And last but not least, this is a pretty special prize. So this is um, my Funt uniform. So this is my Funt uniform that I wore in my shows in 2019. So this is an extra large Funt shirt. So it's a lovely um, light dusky pink with the Funt font on there. And not only do you get that, you get a pair of large shorts so these can be like board shorts that say funt as well and to top then you get the bloody cap oh no that says funt get out of here so if you want to bid on these um yeah get involved all money goes to a really 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 good cause which is uh the sillybillywalk.org what no sillybillywalk.org yeah go there and check it out by the way because it's looking spectacular and it's happening soon or well, it's not happening soon the walk's happening in march i'm not telling you when but it's all up there oh thunder Thunder and lightning, very, very frightening me. That was a little that was a little sign from the above, from the gods above, just going, yep, good idea. The silly billy walk's gonna work. Alright, let's go. Today's world is full of things. But where did they come from? And how did they begin? Sam Simmons, the precise history of things. You know, I'm hungry, but I don't know what I feel like. How about a magical place with food from all over the world? There's no such place. Yes, there is. The International Food Court. The International Food Court! There's just so much food to choose from. I reckon there must be food from every country in the world here. I think today I'm going to... China! Mr Wang's Bamboo Village! What if I feel like a curry? Then grab yourself a vindaloo from Get It India. Get It India? That's hilarious. That's because people from different countries are hilarious, Sam. The International Food Court. I think I feel like some Argentinian food. Well, they don't have that. Why not get a chicken schnitzel roll? So what country is that from? Germany. This is like the United Nations, but with sports. So what else happens at the food court? Take a look to silver there behind the pump and got no hair. Food court pedophile, yeah! yeah. Every shopping centre's got one. They normally hang out near the kids' rides. That's disgusting. I know. Sam Simmons. The precise history of things. Oh, that's awesome. So there's a massive lightning storm happening right now, which is very... God, it's very romantic. It's, um, it's real lightning crackles, the cane fields, Australia kind of uh, lightning storm going on. Love it. Oh, this is great. Uh, anyway, I, this makes me feel happy. I don't know. There's something about thunder and lightning that makes me... Not all people, by the way. 
the um, amazingly talented and funny comedian Mark Watson, incredible fear of lightning. Um, to the point where I, I rescued him on Brunswick Street in Fitzroy one year. He was hiding under a car during a lightning storm in Melbourne. That's it's a crippling. He had a crippling fear, the poor fella. Um, but lovely, lovely man. Oh, also, just a quick shout out here to uh, the people at 2SER. I just adore. I, I used to listen to um, news radio quite a lot. And, you know, you know, podcasts and music, rah, rah, but then I've gone on to 2SER. I love it. The whole community vibe. It's a, this is a station in Australia. Oh, sorry, it's a station in Sydney, but it's Community Radio Network Australia, I think it comes out of. So it goes all around the country. And there's particularly some shows on there that I adore. So there's, uh, so Greg Poppleton, and if you, you know, you know me, you know that I love a funny surname. So Greg Poppleton, his show is called Phantom Dancer and it's all uh, between the 1930s to the 1960s old radio broadcast. So you'll hear advertorials for coffee and anyway, amazing show. And uh, the Tiki Lounge. Oh my God, I love the Tiki Lounge as well and the Psychedelica Hour. Anyway, it's a great station. So if you're looking for some alternative to listen to or something different, um, they are absolutely fantastic. And even some of the announcers in the morning, some of them do sound like they're auditioning for Triple J, and it's just like, oh, come on, move along, just play some music, shut up, don't show us your personality too much. Some of them can't even talk properly. Some, one of them sounds like they have, I'll just say they have, I won't um, gender them um, and point them out, sounds like they might have a pretty severe speech impediment, but they're doing the radio. Which is, that's brilliant. Meanwhile, Stella has just found her favourite fabric softener. She's going to smell great. This is pretty special. This is some audio that I have discovered, never heard before. So, all right, here we go. And I found this. This is over 10 years old, and I never played it on air because I didn't, um, I guess I didn't have permission. And I I doubt I've got permission now as well, but, like, the guy doesn't identify who he is. And uh, he's talking... So, basically, I hijacked the phone line during Dr. Carl's segment, and I took some phone calls off him. Um, after he got off air, because people still keep ringing in with their science questions, because they're in different time zones. Um, if you don't know who Dr. Carl is, it's Carl Kruselnitsky, and he's a really interesting guy who knows everything about science. Mind you, I did usurp him once on um, on that show with Zanro, because I knew what koala pap was, and I explained to him that uh, female koalas, the mother koala, will feed the baby koala their own poo so that they'll become immune to a certain enzyme that's in eucalyptus anyway he was he looked at me like i was mad but anyway i was i was completely correct um anyway so i took this phone call from this guy and i've never heard a man i mean language warning here by the way i've never heard a man say fucking as much as this man does in this clip here i mean i don't know why i've never released this before because it's so funny but um and for listeners overseas this is your quintessential Australian bogan. This is absolutely brilliant. So I hope you enjoy this. I'm just going to call this clip fucking. Uh, g'day, mate. Um, I was wanting to um, speak to Dr. Carl if possible. Ah, uh, right, he's already left. Oh, has he? Yeah, well, how um, about, uh, if you've got a question, you put it through me, mate. I know all uh, about science. Okay, then. Well, this is this will be interesting. you got a little bit five minutes to chat. Oh, not five, but I'll do my best. Yeah. Well, back in 1997, I'm not pulling your leg here or nothing, mate. I actually took two photos of this. Um, late February, f***ing Hailbot come over f***ing Queensland here, mate, and it was f***ing, um, that f***ing close to Earth that I took two pictures, f***ing, a 35mm camera that's f***ing better than what f***ing NASA did, and what I'm saying there is that f***ing, 
When I started talking to NASA earlier this year, they released the pictures of Hartley 2, which is exactly the same as Hale-Bopp that I took two photos of in 1997, mate. So, and um, I've been trying to get this story out. Some people say, where's the story? Some people f***ing just got, don't know what to say. Friggin', but um, that's the dead honest truth, mate. F***ing, and I've seen the second object, and um, what it did was, it come over, the tail was in three sections. It come over and the huge black object, mate, f***ing the blackest thing I've ever f***ing seen. And then it drifted, it was heading south, southwest, and it drifted towards the f***ing west, mate. The whole f***ing thing drifted to the west. No tail at this stage, it drifted for a few minutes. And then f***ing the tail started coming straight over my head, mate, and that thing was way out f***ing to the um, south, uh, out to the west way, out more... West, south, west, and, um... Hang on a minute, were you, were you f***ing drunk? <laughs> no, mate, f***ing, I seen the f***ing... I seen the bloody second sun that afternoon, didn't know what I was f***ing looking at. This is no shit, buddy. And later on that evening, just f***ing after dark, I laid down on the hammock and f***ing looked up and f***ing... That's when I seen the black object. You gotta listen out here for a sec. Friggin' anyway, that, that tail come over... Let me guess... Fuck, and just went in, what, 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 straight off into space? Nah, mate. That thing was coming in at about fucking. And that afternoon, the fucking second sun was up at about fucking 25 to 30 degrees in the sky. Yeah. And um, when it um, come over, it drifted to the west southwest. Fucking, and that's when I took two fucking unbelievable photos, mate. See, I didn't even realise the significance of this game. I've, I've written pages yeah, and no, pages. Yeah, I've got to go now, but I'll. I can speak okay. to you soon, alright? Radio. See, yeah. see you pretty soon. Okay, good. Fucking. <laughs> I think the the best bit in that is in the middle here where he corrects himself and says, friggin'. Have a listen to this. Some people fucking just got, don't know what to say. Friggin'. I mean, friggin'. I haven't even counted how many are in there, but um, yeah, extraordinary. Friggin'. And this week's deep dive is brought to you by Josh Phillips and the Golden Wattle. Mm-mm, yum-yum, the Golden Wattle. 110 Peary Street, Adelaide, 5000. Call 08 8223 7874 or info at the That was a free advertorial that Josh sent in not own, not, not, not less than 24 hours ago. Uh, saying, will you give my very small business a plug? So he's, he's got a small investment in this business, I believe, and he said, give it a plug, and I did. So it's the Golden Wattle Hotel in Adelaide. Get in there and have yourself a schnitzel. I looked at the menu, it was all your pub standards. Schnitzels, steaks, bloody crumbed fisherman's basket. Have a fisherman's basket, you bastard. Without further ado, let's get into this week's Nisha's Quiche Deep Dive subject. Crumpets. Crumpets are a private thing. Crumpets are a private thing. They, I mean, they really. If you go to, if you, if you're out for breakfast and you go into a cafe and you order crumpets, there's something. It's like ordering a bowl of cereal um, at a cafe, and not like you know in a cool way. Like, it's. I mean, I know there's a, there is um. We were thinking about this as a pop-up idea for a, for a business. Was just a cereal cafe where you serve just bowls of like cereal, like you know weird American cereals. And then I did some research and I found there was one in I think in Shoreditch in London called Cereal Killer, and that was the name I came up with straight away. But anyway. If you are out, um, if you're out in a cafe and you order a bowl of cornflakes, you are you're a bit of a you're a bit of a fuckwit. 
Um, and same as a crumpet as well. It's a very at-home experience. It's a private thing you should do in the privacy of your own home as a crumpet. Don't go out and order it. That's weird. Anyway, here, let's get into crumpets. I was dreaming of crumpets. Crumpets. It was long after the war had subsided and food was scarce. All the pot noodles and all the tin food and all the water out of the tap had run out. It was like the tiger who came to tea, except this tiger was the apocalyptic tiger of doom. The only thing that was left that was remotely edible was nearly everybody's least favourite breakfast snack. Crumpets. Crumpets. Crumpets, a culinary colonial relic from the crumbling British Empire, enjoyed by no one except for a few inbred toffee poms. Crumpets. Alas, what be that on the horizon? I could see the figure of a man wearing from what very far away looked like a long flowing robe. But then the closer he got, I realised he was just wearing an old bedspread. Bedspread. His hand outstretched in Jesus pose. Who is this bedspreaded messiah, I thought to myself. It was only then that I realised that this man was half man, half crumpet. Hi, my name's Glenn and I'm half man, half crumpet. Glenn? Yes, Glenn. Glenn the half man, half crumpet? Yes, Glenn the half man, half crumpet. What's so hard to believe? Said the crumpet eyed old cunt. What did you call me? I didn't say anything. Crumpets. Um, that's not the whole deep dive, by the way. So if you, if you are confused as to, to what a crumpet is, it's known as a griddle bread. Um, it's made from un, an unsweetened batter of water and milk, flour and yeast. Popular in the... It's not popular, I can tell you that. It's not popular. In the United Kingdom, Canada, New Zealand, South Australia... Sorry, South Africa. Well, it could be its own country. South Africa and Australia. Because, I mean, when, it, there's never, when you go to the supermarket, there's always crumpets. There's always crumpets there. They'll run out of bread, but there's always fucking crumpets. Um, crumpets are regionally known as pikelets. What do you mean? Well, no, they're different. A the pikelet is different to a, a crumpet, isn't it? Applied in a thicker, more pancake-like griddle bread. Oh, that's the Scottish. There it goes. It's, uh, also, it's also, so a pikelet is also referred to as a crumpet in Scotland. Because the Scots don't learn English properly. I think that'd be a typically Scottish thing that's happened there, where someone served it and someone's going, oh, hey, I like your pikelet. And he's like, no, it's a crumpet. And it's like, oh, well, from now on, they're crumpets. Uh, I know that's an awful, I don't care if that's an awful Scottish accent, but you know what I mean? Like, they just, they, they do do that. They'll, um, so it's like, oh, look, it's a horse. And it's like, no, it's just a large dog. No, there are horses up here. Anyway, so crumpets have been uh, variously described as originating in Wales as part of a Anglo-Saxon diet. There you go, bloody waspy diet again. Bloody, it's not a, I mean, it's not a diet, it's just bloody not, not being able to cook good. The Italians aren't eating crumpets, I can tell you that. Um, based on, I mean, if you do, I mean, crumpets are kind of nice. There are, if you haven't had a crumpet, they're alright. I mean, they're just okay. I don't even know how to describe it, it's just like a bloody... Who puts the holes in the crumpets, anyway? Uh, anyway, it's like a pancake with holes in it. Uh, Brace on proper entomologies in the world. Oh, this is boring. This, uh, this, I've got pages and pages of crumpet information here. This is like the, in, in 1932 a recipe for a Staffordshire pikelet specif uh, specifies that they are made with flour and buttermilk. This is just ridiculous, it's just semantics. They're fucking, pa they're pancakes with holes in it. That's all it is. Just fucking relax people, you're eating a pancake with holes in it. You, what you do, you just get a, you know, if you want a crumpet, just get a bit of toast and a hole puncher. And just punch some holes out in a piece of toast, you've basically got yourself a crumpet. Or you can get two bits of toast, stick them together, one on top of the other, Punch some holes through with a pen. That's a crumpet. There you go. Anyway, I've solved it. That's the history of crumpets right there. Nisha's quiche. Tonight on ABC4. Addicted.
dead to rave. The Sexy Adventures of Captain Bubblecock. Tonight at 8.30 on ABC4. Addicted to rave. Um, okay, what was I going to do right now? Oh, that's right. It's a celebrity deep dive. So, this one is... Uh, this one is Lawrence Fishburne. So we worked together on an Arby's roast beef sandwich commercial in the US. Um, this is in California. This is, oh, geez, good six years ago. Uh, this is def- way, way pre-pandemic and um, career was on the up over there. And I was like, oh, I've been casting this roast beef sandwich commercial with uh, with Lawrence. Now, I got there early because I was nervous and I wanted to get my lines right. And I, I ran on set. I was overexcited. And I tripped over a cable, um, a lighting cable, and I hit my head on the Arby's roast beef sandwich sign, which is made of polystyrene, and it chipped a bit off. And uh, it was really annoying because the director was like, "Oh, what's happened?" And the art department had to come in. They're like, "Oh no, we're gonna have to replace this little bit of the Arby's roast beef sandwich sign." And it was a spectacular fall, like a fall over the cable, cracked my head. Well, I didn't realise, but Lawrence Fishburne was at the back of the room. He got there early as well because he's a pro, and he was cracking up laughing he loved he thought it was hilarious and he's like oh that was so funny um my name's lawrence i'm like oh my god well i know who you are lawrence if you don't know who lawrence fishburne is um the matrix the john wicks films uh event was it event horizon the the spooky one with sam neill uh what else what else did he do uh oh boys in the hood anyway he's bloody he's, he's big we got along really well and it was kind of chummy and jovial and he said, oh, look, how, how long are you going to be in town for in LA? And I was like, oh, until I make it. Never did. But anyway, and he goes, look, do you want to exchange numbers? And I was like, really? You want to, what, you want my phone number? Lawrence Fishburne? He's like, yeah. So we exchanged phone numbers. And uh, anyway, as I was uh, putting in his name, he stopped me. He said, can you put in a pseudonym? And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, look, you know, just in case you lose your phone and they find it, they don't see uh, my name in there and then they have my private number. And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. And I already started putting in his name and it auto-corrected to Lawrence Fish Urges. And I was like, Lawrence Fish urges, that's good enough. Anyway, fast forward, uh, it would have been about six months later, and I was out in the back garden pegging the clothes on the washing line, and my phone received a text message from Lawrence Fishburne, but it said Lawrence Fish urges, and my partner saw it. And she came out to the washing line, she's like, oh, you just got a message from uh, someone here called Lawrence Fish urges. And I was like, yeah. And I looked sheepish straight away, like, yeah. And she goes, is that, is that Lawrence Fishburne? I was like, no. But guess what? It was. Anyway, that's a uh, that's a mostly true story there. Mostly bloody true one. How about that? I'll let you uh, work out which bits were true and which which bits weren't true. <laughs> like I said, I've been trawling old um, audio that I've got in old hard drives banging around, and I found some old like stuff from a live show. And I thought what I'll do for you here is, is a vignette. So this is I'll set up the story. This is from. Um, my show about the weather and this bit was about a guy getting caught in the rain and he's trying to hail down a bus but the buses won't stop for him and he realizes he's doing it incorrectly so he calls the suburban bus complaints line and i'm going to perform this for you live right now all right here we go suburban buses complaints line yeah hello i'd like to make a complaint please okay go ahead sir uh the bus won't stop for me what do you mean well they keep speeding past the bus stop just calm down, sir. I'm totally calm. Are the buses full of people? No, they look mostly empty. Well, are you hailing down the driver correctly? I'm not sure. How exactly are you hailing down the bus, sir? With my arm. No, explain to me exactly how you're doing it. Just holding one arm, like, up in the air. 
facing the bus? Of course I'm facing the bus. Are you waving? Yes. Directly facing the bus? Yes. That may be your problem. What do you mean? The driver might think you're just waving hello. Why would he think that? Because it's a friendly gesture. You know people like bus drivers. Can you tell me what you're wearing? What would that matter? Well, you might be blending into the scenery. What colour are you wearing, sir? Yellow. Well, how yellow? What do you, what do you mean? Just calm down, sir. I'm trying to do my job. Is it bright yellow or a lighter shade of yellow, like butter? I'm not sure. Is it like butter, sir? Um, I don't know. Concentrate, man. I guess it's canary yellow. I see. And what style? What? What is the style of the shirt? It's a, it's a polo shirt. Ah, I see. What, is there a problem? No, not really. Can you tell me what trousers you're wearing? Well, they're pants. What colour? Um, kind of like a beige camel chino. What's a camel chino? It's a style of pant. Really? I've never heard of it. So you're wearing camel and canary? Yes. What, both at the same time? Yes. Well, they'd never breed. <laughs> what? A camel and canary couldn't have a baby. What's this got to do with the bus? Jeez. Calm down, sir! Look, I can see the bus coming! Okay, just relax. I'll talk you through it. Do exactly okay. what I say. All right. Now, are you facing the front of the bus coming directly toward you? Yes. Are you facing the bus, sir? Yes. Yes, please go quickly, it's coming. Okay, hold up your left arm at a 45 degree angle. I don't even know what 45 degrees is. You need to hurry. Imagine 10 o'clock on a clock face. Okay, I've got it, I've got it. Look adamantly at the bus. Yep. Look directly at the bus, sir. What do you mean? It's all about confidence. Look like you want to be on the bus. Just be on the bus in your mind. I totally don't understand what you're saying. What are you saying? Close your eyes and listen to me. Yep. Be the bus. Be the bus. Be the bus. Be the bus. Just be the bus, man. Be the bus, man? No, I mean spiritually. Just be on the bus emotionally. Now breathe. <sighs> breathe. <sighs> Suburban bus lines. There you go. That was a, um, a very evocative, and also I, I don't think music I can really use, but I'm sure I won't get in trouble for that bit of art. Um, a very evocative moment from about the weather. Gee, I wish I'd recorded that show. It was a bloody that was a fun show, but I guess I couldn't record it because of uh, the reasoning that I used that kind of music that couldn't be used. I think that was from I can't remember who composed it, but it was from the film Twenty Eight Days Later. I hope you enjoyed that. I did enjoy doing that for you. So I'm going to look for more of that type of stuff and slip it into the podcast. Anyway, let's get into some shemales. All right. Shemales. All right, here we go. Some emails here. This is from Luke. Now, Luke is a primary school teacher living in Chongqing, China, and currently suffering from a, another lockdown, the poor bastard. Every episode of your podcast will left me with a big smile on my face and hungry for more quiche. That's so nice. We are teaching our kids about the oceans and seas remotely at the moment, but I wanted to know, what's your favourite fact about sea animals? Ooh. Gee, that's really interesting. I wonder... I've not really thought about this. I've not thought about what... Hang on, he's given his suggestion. My... Oh, no, he's given a deep dive suggestion of zooplankton. 
it's like phytoplankton um but would be a breath of fresh air i don't know what that means but that's sounds i guess my favorite i look my, i know my favorite sea animal would be the narwhal i love a narwhal i think they're an amazing looking animal and i'm not really i'm not mad for a sea i mean i love animals in general but a sea animal um yeah they're not i mean that's a sea mammal is it a narwhal yeah it would be a mammal because it's a dolphin's a mammal and yeah it's like a dolphin isn't it it's like a dolphin with a it's like a unicorn dolphin you know what i mean it's like a little pilot whale with a little bloody horn on its head um so yeah so luke in sean queen uh, thank you very much that he, he gave me a bit of praise at the start but i'm not going to read that out because i'm not that not full of myself man uh oh i've also oh my god this is really cool so i got a message from oh who's this one from i'm gonna have to drop this one later uh fern and i it just says fern and i remix your song best friends so i did a song called best friends on a channel four blap i did with an amazing guy called kim noble and i did a little song called best friends they've remixed it so i'm going to play it at the end of the podcast um so we'll get to that a little bit later now what have i got here who's this from oh this is from james I'm loving Nisha's quiche whenever I feel a bit shit. It's been a running tradition that I watch some of your content on YouTube. That's really nice. Um, I have a deep dive topic that potentially needs some further investigation. Peace lilies. Okay. Despite the name, I don't think the plants have anything to do with peace. I'd go out of my way to say these plants are actually quite passive aggressive. (laughs) Threatening to throw wilting tantrums on a daily basis. This is funny. You're being funny, James. Um... uh, here we go. It would probably wouldn't surprise you. They don't even respond to the name Lily. But you're doing some bloody stand up there, James. I like it. It's actually, that was very funny. I like uh, the lilting tantrum. I oh, know wilting tantrum. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, sandwich suggestions. More that we've not progressed. By the way, it got to hummus and carrot, grated carrot, and that's it. Nothing else has worked. No interest. So it's just avocado and uh, butter. So, bread of your own choosing, avocado spread out instead of using butter. Yep, sliced turkey, tomato, cheese, mango chutney. She's not going near that. What's wrong with you, James? What is wrong? There's no way she's going to eat that. Were the additions beetroot and fresh... I think she'd freak out if she had to eat a slice of beetroot. It is a, it's an intimidating thing to look at when you're a kid as a slice of beetroot because it looks like a congealed um, dollop of, like, a little blood circle. Like, a congealed little liver-sized slice of blood. Um... Yummy. All right. Uh, what else? Oh, who's this from? Kane. Uh, oh, he's got lots of suggestions here. He says, love your shit. You don't know. You've not smelt it. Um, happy to see you're doing a podcast. Uh, I thought you'd like a couple of neat ideas. Rah, rah, rah. The complete unabridged history of sock puppets. Oh, yeah. Okay. The first best or less store. That sounds hard to research. Links deodorants. That's a good one. I like that. Um, Carrie Humphreys. Barry Humphreys' sister. No. Um... The Great Paperboy Strike of 1982 and how your dad never got to see the answers to yesterday's quiz. A list of plums. Okay, this is, I mean, these are, these are niche, definitely. Uh, guide dog statues, that's a good one. Uh, when did they start? Who collects the money for them and how often? That is really interesting because it is true. I, I'm fascinated. People know, whoa, that thunderstorm's awesome. People do know my fascination with guide dog donation statuettes. If you're living, uh, living overseas and have no idea what we're talking about here, Guide dogs generally in Australia, I believe, are Labradors or Golden Retrievers. They wouldn't be Retrievers because then they'd be running over after things. I think they're Labradors. Am I right? Anyway. And in most supermarkets, there's always a plastic life-size uh, statue of a guide dog with a little sl- coin slot in its head that you put money in to donate to the guide dog uh, foundation. And I used to have a running joke for years about like how... Because, you know, in most kids' rides, you have to put a coin in the side of the machine, you get on the back of it and you ride it around... 
Um, I used to have a joke about getting confused about um, sitting on the back of a guide dog donation statuette. Oh my god, it's torrential! Oh, it's hail! Jeez, this is a bloody severe storm going on outside. I love it. Sorry. Uh, anyway, so you put your money in the, in the dog's head and you're sitting on the back of it waiting for it to ride or start riding and nothing happens. Anyway, it's, I probably stuffed that up by getting um, distracted by the hail. Jesus, that was bloody, that was big stuff out there. I hope you're safe wherever you are um, in terms of flooding and stuff. It's been hellish in Australia. Everybody's uh, going through all sorts of stuff. Anyway, so here we have, an, here's another one. Oh, this is from a psychiatrist, I think. Or a sociologist. Here we go. Eva. Dear Mr. Simmons, during a single week years ago when I had a terrible job, terrible job working at a health insurance brokerage here in the US, I came across the following real names. Diane Mustard, Ryan Pancake. That is amazing. How funny is Ryan Pancake? And Larry Pizza. I think Ryan Pancake might be one of the, my favourite real names I've ever heard. Mr. Pancake. Mr. Mr. Pancake. How on earth did that happen? Who, you'd, you'd have to change your name if you had children. Because you wouldn't want, you know, like, I couldn't pass it on to my child. No matter how much I loved my parents. The pancakes. Ladies and gentlemen, the pancake. Oh, I love this so much, Eva. Um, and she's written here also. Whoa. It's torrential. Also, the strangest surname I've heard of is Cabbage Stalk. That's a very good one. What was the one I heard earlier? Popple Snack. Anyway, so... Uh, yeah, Mr. Cabbage Stalk is fantastic, but I have to say, I think Pancake, um, yeah, it takes, it takes the, 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 the biscuits. Is that, does that make sense? It takes the biscuits? Takes the cake. Takes the cake! What an idiot! What's going on in my head just then? I went through so many bakery treats to get to the word that was already in Pancake. Cake! Uh, your work is absolutely thrilling. Oh, shut up. Stop it, Eva. Uh, also, I'm a psychotherapist! And I think humour is powerful in my work and certainly will be in yours as a counsellor. That is so nice. Thank you, Eva. That's a really sweet email to send. If you do want to send an email, samnichesquiche at gmail.com. Samnichesquiche at gmail.com. Uh, this is from Amy. Love listening to the show. Well done for submitting your essay. I'm also studying mental health at the moment. Good on you. But my last essay submission got me referred to the Academic Integrity Unit. Oh... Yeah, my um, essay was all about Welcome to Country. Now, if you don't know what Welcome to Country is and you're outside of Australia, that is uh, what we do to acknowledge. Well, it's not about Welcome to Country. Mine was more, uh, uh, mine was uh, attacking acknowledgement of country. Uh, I don't like the way it's kind of just rattled off as some arbitrary kind of like, we the, and, and Welcome to Country is uh, also, that's delivered by an Indigenous person. I just feel like, I don't know, just like we've not done the the real groundwork here to um, to pay the rent or recompense or you know apologise for what has been done properly enough just to have some bastard just standing out there doing acknowledgement of country and just rattling it off like that they, they couldn't give a shit about it. So I attacked that. So I'm looking forward to myself being put onto a register. Um, thanks, Amy. This is from Luke. Never stop or uploading audio files. Um, that's okay. All right. See you later. Look, no, he's uh, written here: chewing gum, Pringles, pogo sticks, deodorant, penicillin. See, penicillin. Like I understand. Like it's not. It's they're on the way. But I've chosen crumpets for a reason this week. Anyway, uh, change the game, man. What's he written here? Oh, about sandwiches. Stop using bread. Make her a wrap. She's not going to do it. She's just. She's five and she's confused. All right. Final letter for the week. This is from. Is this from Dan in Victor Harbour? No. Owen. Owen Trigenza. Uh, keep up the fantastic podcast. Rah, 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 rah. 
Um, you could interview museum staff about the history of this museum piece. What museum piece? I, I'd like to hear a podcast about the lion with big testicles and bad hair. See below. Oh, it's a picture at the Adelaide Museum. Yeah, maybe I could do that. That could be fun. Uh, other another idea: big things, big banana, big cockatoo, big prawn. Yeah, I could do that. Uh, take your podcast on the road. It's what the people need. Um, I'll try to, but I, 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 it's it's hard. I mean. It's hard enough just doing it at my kitchen table, to be honest with you, um, let alone taking it on the road. Uh, here we go. So, g'day, Sam. This is from Dan from Victor Harbour. Um, who decided that chicken chips packets are green? Yeah, that's fair enough. And salt and vinegar are pink. It's plain a light blue. Well, yeah, that's, that, is, that is a thing. Why is salt... I mean, salt is blue because of the sea. That makes sense. Salt and vinegar, pink... I don't know, it's kind of like a warning, I guess, because, you know, you, if, you, if you've never had a salt and vinegar chip before, it's a shock. If you give that to a kid, they freak out, which is good. So I guess pink is a warning, kind of like a, a, a brightly colored snake is a, the chip packet of choice um, and how dangerous it could be. But as for um, green chicken, chicken has, I think it is with like Magic Two Minute Noodles, they were green as well. I don't know, maybe it's the pasture and you have to think about like grain fed and greenery and chickens just clucking around. Anyway. That's my thoughts anyway. Shitty trivia coming up. Shitty trivia. Shitty trivia. It's not even very good. Shitty trivia. Now, once again, these have just been printed out. So you can see them here. I've printed them out. Uh, if you're watching this at home. And I haven't looked at them since I wrote them. Which was, you know, a good 12 years ago, I guess. And we'll see whether they still stand up. So here we go. Question number 676 I've got here. Name two things you can do with your hands. Is it A. Light a Bunsen burner. B. Point at a seagull. C. Press a button with greasy chicken fingers on a remote control. D. Touch a small dog on the foot. Or is it E. Paint a Spider-Man face on an intellectually challenged boy at a fun fair. I don't know whether that's offensive or not, um, but it's a nice thing to do for um, a little fella. If he wants a Spider-Man face, you can do that. Question number four. I ordered some chicken noodle soup the other day when I noticed there was an eyeball in the soup, which was really disconcerting as it looked like my soup was staring back at me whilst I was eating it. I complained to the waiter. I said, waiter, there's an eye in my soup. And the waiter said, that's not possible because then it would be pronounced soup or suip. That's, um, I, I think that's a very funny joke, but that's okay. Question number seven. Name something you may accidentally leave on all night. No, it's shoes. You ever got so excited you left your shoes? Actually, I got so excited when I was a kid because we just had a school excursion the next day that me and Bradley, can't remember his surname, Bradley, Bradley someone, we went to bed with our thongs on um, just so we were ready so we could get up the next day and just get straight into it. I haven't got time to put my thongs on. I'm going to bed with my thongs on. Uh, okay, thongs, flip-flops, jandals. It's all coming together, people. Question number 718. Name the half-man, half-bull of Greek mythology. No, it's Warwick. Anyway, there you go. That was shitty trivia for this week. Um, hey, thanks for joining me. If you enjoyed it, get on Patreon. If you want to go to the Patreon, uh, go, you can link in via my link tree on Instagram or Facebook. You sh it's like you're shouting a, uh, me a coffee once a month. Um, for the, the, the price of the podcast. You don't have to pay for it, of course, as well. Like, you know, we, we are in a recession. Um, but if you would like to shout me one coffee a month, you go to bloody Patreon. And bloody do it through there. Nice of you. Uh, and don't forget the silent auction. If you want to be a part of the silent auction, so a silent auction, again, is you just send in your bid. You send in your bid for the T-shirt um, or the whole font, the f whole font look. 
Um, so it's the hat and the, and the t-shirt and the shorts or the cracked pepper Vita wheat shirt. Um, all that, you know, I mean, the only thing I own the license to is the, the front one. So the other ones are just for fun. But you just send me, because it's a silent auction, just put in your bid. You might win because you've got the highest bid. It's samnichesquiche at gmail.com. Send in your bid for the silent auction. Um, so I'll see, I'll, I'll be, I'll be in your ear holes next week for, with a l- less snot, less mucus, less, um, yeah, I don't know whether I sound nasally or not. I can't even hear, I can't taste, I can't anything. And that's, no, it's not COVID. Don't tell me you're smart ass. Um, anyway, here's my little, uh, philosophy for the week to keep you happy. Listen to this and, uh, take this person's advice. Here we go. Why not high five a tree? Nice idea, huh? Yeah. And here is, as I promised, the remix of the song Best Friends from the Channel 4 Blaps. This was by Fern and I don't know who else it was. I'll say, I'll give them a proper shout out next week. Um, But this is their remix of Best Friends. Pretty cute. All right. Thanks a lot for doing it. Thanks a lot for listening. Bye. It's not a ficus. Okay. I like you and you are my best friend. Your name's Bill and you are my best friend. Best friends, we are always together. You will be my best friend forever. You like soup and I prefer brisket. Offered you one that you didn't want to risk it. Best friends, we are always together. You will be my best friend forever. We are best friends forever. You're my best friend forever. We are best friends. Best friends forever, 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 best friends. We are best friends. We are best friends. We are best friends. Best friends forever. You're my best friend. Stop it. I like you and you are my best friend. Your name's Bill and you are my best friend. Best friends, we are always together. You will be my best friend forever. I like you and you are... Stop it.